the final sprint race of the 2023 season has come to end, and while the results might paint the same picture we see each race weekend, there was numerous battles and overtaking throughout today. Welcome to Good Talk, my name is Sophia. Y'all might know me from Formula Talk, co-hosting with Tom Downey, but I'm back today for my first time ever hosting Grid Talk. And today we are discussing the sprint race and maybe also discuss the sprint qualifying, which also took place this uh, morning, if you're based in the UK. Joining me today, we have Jared from Hit the Apex. Morning, everybody. And also Aaron from A8. Good evening, because we are split across two days in this podcast. With the time zone changing, the clocks changing as well, potentially as well. But before we get into this episode, we got to thank our sponsors, which is Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and get in on all the action. Remember to use our promo code, which is BLEAV, that is B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And also, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms at GridTalk UK to stay up to date with all of our content. Starting from the bottom, we have Williams. Logan was one of the three drivers to start the race on the mediums and wound up finishing last, no surprise. However, his teammate Alex Alba was able to finish P15, moving up four places. Dude, what was your take on the Williams? Didn't see much in regards to the action from neither of the drivers on the live feed. No, they seemed a bit anonymous, didn't they, in the coverage? And no surprise there that Logan was down the bottom, but Alban again just doing what Alex has done all season and I'm sure if this was a full race distance he could have gone further but to get up to 15th there's, there's no points or any caveat in that but they'll just take away some important information on how they can run their uh, race across a full distance tomorrow so well done to Alex again Logan just doing Logan things <laughs> and it's just obvious that he's always going to finish towards the back let's be honest that point was I think very much a fluke, and obviously with a few DNFs did also help into it. Moving on to Alfa Romeo, in the last lap, the Joe was able to move up a space over Nico Hulkenberg to take P17, while teammate Bartas finished P19, with actually Alex Alvar mentioning over the radio during the race that there was an oil leak coming from Bartas's car. And similar to Williams, you didn't see much of the race. It was just everyone was thinking about P10 onwards. Yeah, the oil coming out, the suspected oil coming out of the back of the Alfa Romeo of Bottas was about the most exciting thing that happened for them in this race. And it's a bit of a damning indictment of where that team is at the moment. They're two or three years out from becoming a works Audi team. Alfa Romeo are tailing off their sponsorship deal in terms of the naming and the support that provides. So they've just fallen further and further down the pecking order since this current generation of car came out in 2022, where they actually started really strongly. Bottas started really well and looked like a new man. Now he just is a bit of a meme for his facial hair and his naked pictures. And it's unfortunate because behind that is a very good racing driver. And Zhou Guan Yu is an equally capable racing driver. They're just not really getting a chance to show it. Zhou is doing a fabulous job. He's matching Bottas, who's an experienced driver, a race winner. So... I think that tells us 
that Joe is definitely worthy of a Formula One seat. But I think, unfortunately for him, when Audi do turn up, they're going to want their own drivers in there. And there's this guy called Theo Porsche. I don't know if anyone's heard of him. He's doing pretty well in Formula Two at the moment. And he's not able to get into the team, but I'm not sure Alfa Romeo or Sauber, whatever they're going to be called in the next couple of years, is a team that you want to go into as a rookie and to be able to really show your talent. And it's such a shame because they are a fantastic team. They've got such history in the sport. They've been in the sport as long as I've been watching, which is 25 years. So <laughs> that puts it into perspective. This is a historic team and we want them to see better days again. But sadly, this wasn't one of them. Yeah, as you mentioned, like Batas has won in Brazil. He's taken pole. So yesterday myself, I was expecting them to perform better today than they would um, on the qualifying. So I don't know. I guess it's just how the performance goes for today. Moving on to Haas, as mentioned, there was only three drivers that went on to the mediums. And it was Haas that actually had both of the drivers on the medium. And it looked not to pay off because they originally started P11 and P12, but actually finished P16 and P18. Jared, we know it wasn't a good call to have the medium given only three drivers in the entire grid chose them. What should it take? Why go for the mediums instead of the soft, softs? Are they trying to save for tomorrow's race? It must seem like it then, yeah, save for tomorrow's race. But I don't think you could put any tyres on the Haas car and it would do any better at the moment. It's just a damning indictment of how they are, what they're cast what their pace is and yeah i think one of the only teams to go this far backwards in the sprint as well and like how's it going to be for them across a 71 lap race if in 24 laps they drop so far behind it's pretty embarrassing considering this time last year you had one of their cars on pole position which we've been reminded of so many times this weekend but what good is that if you can't actually make up ground and hold your positions in the race? Yeah, I, I don't think even if they were on the soft tyre that they would have had a better sprint. If it gets them some benefit tomorrow, then we'll see. But yeah, it's pretty shocking their performance again today. So you can't even look at the individual drivers and be like, oh, Hulkenberg was in this position, Magnus in this position. They're both just rubbish at the end of the day. Move on. How much a year has changed for Haas and it doesn't seem in a positive way. I Yeah, to be fair, I think they're actually the only team where not even one of the drivers moved up positions in today's sprint race, which it's Haas doing Haas things. I pretty much assume it's, I don't know why they did it, but hopefully they'll have a better strategy come tomorrow's feature race and actually put a proper race pace through. Now, Alpine had a bit of a chaotic day, both in the sprint and also in the sprint shootout. Let's start off with the sprint shootout. Towards the end of SQ1, Alcon uh, collided with Alonso towards the end. Pretty much stayed the same on the actual sprint race. It was a handful of battles on track with the Astons. They looked to have the worst performance of the tires alongside Mercedes. Aaron, let's start off with the incident. Alcon mentioned right off the back after the accident that it was Alonso's fault. We've seen both of the onboardings. What should it take? Who is probably the one more fault out of the two? I, honestly, I think the stewards have got this one right because they haven't apportioned blame. They haven't given a penalty for it. 
Ocon, he drops it off the curb. He's having a bit of a moment all by himself. And if there's no other car there, he probably scoops it up and just has a, a poor first sector. Unfortunately for him, Fernando Alonso is there and also moving back towards the racing line because he's assuming Ocon's just going to go on by and continue his lap. But they just met in the middle. It was it was a freak accident in that respect because how often do you see... I don't think I've ever seen that sort of accident in, in qualifying, at least. I've seen that sort of accident maybe in a race situation, but in qualifying, very bizarre. Uh, kudos to the Alpine mechanics. They're the real heroes of today because they got Ocon's car out for the sprint. Honestly, when I saw the state of it after the accident, I was skeptical. We've seen cars have a smash in sprint shootout qualifying Logan Sargent in Baku it was going very well crashed in SQ2 I think it was or SQ1 didn't take part in the sprint kudos to the Alpine mechanics for getting that car ready I think that's all Alpine had because they were knocked out in Q2 on Friday night in qualifying they were eliminated in SQ2 or SQ1 in sprint shootout and they finished 13th and 14th. They are faster than Williams. They're not as fast as everybody else. That's Alpine at the moment for you. They're just in this weird no man's land where they're faster than the guys at the back, but they don't seem to be able to make any progress to catch the guys at the front. And McLaren are the example they need to be following. They've sorted themselves out. They've had their problems and they've had to move people around in the, in the, the staffing areas but they have sorted their car out and they're now in a position where they can challenge for race wins and take pole positions. Alpine just seem to be in constant chaos. Yeah, I don't know. I think the end of this season can't come quick enough for Alpine because they've almost got nothing to play for. It's a bit of a, a dead end for them, really. Yeah, I think they have the most chaotic season so far with the amount of incidences. Obviously, um, both of the teammates um, crashing in Australia it's just not gone this season, and hopefully they can bring it back for next season. Yesterday, I called it, and it seems Aston has returned back to their usual performance with Stroll out at SQ1. Shock. However, as mentioned, Alonso was tangled with the incident with Alcon. I think, had it not been from that incident, Alonso could have obviously, I think, could get into SQ3. During the sprint, both drivers were getting tangled in battles. Alonso was finishing 11th and Scholl was just behind him. Gerard, we talked about Alcon's view. What's your take on the incident as well? And also just about Aston's performance today. Was it a fluke yesterday, do you think? Yeah, as for qualifying yesterday, I do feel like it was a fluke. They lucked into being in the right place at the right time before the conditions rolled in. So... I do have the belief that in terms of uh, race pace, they will fall away comparison to Mercedes and McLaren. And we saw that today and we'll talk about those teams later on in the show. But yeah, as far as um, where they were, um, the lofty heights of third and fourth, I think today is more a reflection of where we can expect their performance through the race. And as far as the incident is concerned, I agree with Aaron in that the stewards made the right call in not portioning any blame to either driver. It did seem like a freak accident. To my mind, it felt like Alonso was far enough to the right and on with the onboards, you could tell he was, he was checking his mirrors. Not that those mirrors on an F1 car are actually useful, but 
yeah, but the way that Ocon lashed out at him was a bit bit silly, I think. There was no need for that. So, yeah, it's just a freak incident. Glad that everyone's okay. Again, praise to the Alpine mechanics for getting that car back out there for the sprint race, the short turnaround that you have in between these sessions. Yeah, just move on. I guess there's no love lost between these two, let alone love lost between anyone in Ocon or any one of his teammates, I should say, because, yeah, they uh, all seem to end up fighting each other at some point. Yeah, there's definitely some battles. I'm watching some of the highlights as well. Stroll is not Stroll. Alonso is having a field day battling throughout the sprint race. That's the bottom five of the constructors. And speaking of five, if you've loved this podcast, we would love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of the 72% people who have not yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like, share, subscribe, and a follow. Now, it was all going right for McLaren. Norris was on pole. Most of the sprint races, if you start on pole, you will win from pole. However, he just couldn't convert it. And overall this weekend, he's just not been positive or cheerful. He said his performance... These last two days have not been where he's expecting. However, again, he took pole and he finished P2 today. Piastri, if it was a normal race, he would have scored points for the team finishing P10. However, as it is a sprint race, only the top eight gets points. What can you expect from them tomorrow, Aaron? And do you think Norris could have battled with Max throughout the sprint race or was it a long shot? I think as soon as you allow Max Verstappen to take the lead, the race is done. There's there's no catching him because he'll just pull out the gap. It's the classic Sebastian Vettel thing that he used to do in 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 the Red Bull in the early 2010s. Get out in front on the opening lap, pull out a one one and a half two second lead, so the guy behind can't have DRS. Manage your tires, extend the gap. And it's a very easy thing to do. I'll say easy, very straightforward thing to do. And that the disappointing thing was that Lando didn't hold the lead on lap one. I think if we'd had Lando leading Verstappen, we'd have had a bit of a battle. However long it would have lasted, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, unfortunately for Lando, he seems to be getting into the right places, the right position at the wrong track at the moment. So he's got to a circuit where short run to the first corner, but equal braking grip and turn two, and you can get down the inside of turn two and you can hang out through turn three. So he was always going to need to be clearly ahead. He admitted he didn't make the best of starts, especially in the second phase. But for McLaren to be finishing second, having been where they were earlier in the season, that that shows just how far they've come and how the expectations have changed. But for us old gits who watch McLaren win world championships, we want to see the Maccas back on the top step of the podium and Mika Hakkinen and N. Senna, Hamilton, Alonso winning for them. Lando's got higher aspirations than finishing second in a sprint race. He wants to be world champion. And I think that's where he's holding himself at. The standard he wants to set is, I'm a race winner. I want to be a world champion. That's the standard he needs to set. As for Oscar Piastri, we need to remember he's a rookie and he's coming to circuits that he's never been to before. Interlagos is a funny circuit. You can sometimes do really well for no apparent reason. Look at Lance Stroll. He's really struggled around into Lagos and this weekend it seems to be coming together a little bit more for him Oscar's just having one of those weekends where it's a new circuit the conditions are a little bit funny especially like with qualifying on Friday 
and he's just ended up out of position for the pace of that car. But he's showing that he's got the skills. He's ready to mix it with everybody in the midfield. He's not going to be overtaken easily. He's able to make progress forward. So that that McLaren is quick. Expect them to both go forwards tomorrow and probably beat both Mercedes, to be honest. Definitely. I'm hoping Norris still has an opportunity to get a race win. Obviously, I think this probably might have been his best chance to get a race win of some sort, even though I've mentioned before, I don't count sprint races as a win. But everyone else, especially given the fact that his teammate won at the last sprint race, there's obviously a lot of pressure. Moving on to... I can't believe I'm actually saying this because they are quite higher up. Moving on to the final team to get points in a sprint race, we have Alvatore, who Yuki was able to score crucial points with his best result for 2023 so far, finishing in six, and then Ricardo missing out with the points in ninth. Very close to the constructors' battle as well, which is all what they need. Darren, what should take on the Alvatore's performances today? It was a very surprising to see them so far up and actually holding their own. Well done to them, first of all, getting into the top 10 in qualifying. And then, of course, great battle back and forth there between the two Aussies as well. And in the end, Piastri getting the better of Ricardo. But Yuki Tsunoda, my goodness, if he was performing like this most weekends, then we'd talk about him a bit more positively sometimes but yeah making an overtake on Lewis Hamilton as well at one point you who would have thought you'd be saying oh an Alpha Tauri is gonna make a pass on a Mercedes but uh, there you go Mercedes had their own issues which we'll come to I'm sure but great stuff from them the two points that they have scored in this session has taken them clear of Alfa Romeo now they were tied on points for the last race but now they're two points clear and I think somebody in the broadcast, it is Sky Sports, take everything you will with a grain of salt, said, oh, now Williams will be looking over their backs. What is it? It's a nine-point difference. I, something dramatically would have to go wrong or right for Alfa for them to overturn a nine-point deficit for, for seventh. I think they'll be more than chuffed to, to be in eighth at the moment with that $20 million swing that they had from jumping up from eighth. But Great performance from them all round. I think Ricardo as well, we're starting to see that old school racer come back. And at the end of the day, no points for him in ninth, but he might salvage some pride in that little inter-Aussie battle with Oscar. Definitely. You get some great battles with the Mercedes. And we'll speak to them about speak about Mercedes a little bit later on with the show. But before that, we have Ferrari. Both of the drivers took points. Charles left to drop off with pace with a few on-track battles with the grid inching closer towards Russell towards the end of the race. However, with the support of DRS and Merck's tires dropping off, he was able to, not really able to actually overtake Russell. Good race for points. I think that's all I can really say for Ferrari, Aaron. Yeah, it was not a great race for Ferrari in terms of they finished eighth and fifth. I think Leclerc has moved forward. I think he started seventh, I believe, and basically has swapped positions with Lewis Hamilton in that respect. They were having to manage engine temperatures very early on. That's part parcel of running at altitude, and it was very hot today. So it's supposedly going to be cooler tomorrow. So we're going to have every sort of weather type you could possibly have in Brazil this weekend. We're going to have a little bit of afternoon sunshine, pouring rain, thunderstorms, Blazing hot sun and a nice cool afternoon. So 
yeah, if that helps Ferrari tomorrow, they might be able to find some more pace and potentially challenge Stappen in the early stages. I don't think they've got the true race pace to really bother for Stappen. Unfortunately for anyone looking for an exciting race for the win, I don't think that's going to happen tomorrow. But yeah, their, their fights with Mercedes, can they close the gap to the Silverados and take enough points off of them to make it interesting for second place in the Constructors' Championship uh, in the closing races? But I think they lost points today to yeah they did lose points they lost two points to Mercedes in the sprints yeah they need to make sure they finish ahead of at least one Mercedes tomorrow to to minimize that damage um because they've been a bit up and down this season they, they they're really good on one lap but then if you're asking them to do three laps it's a little bit less good it's just Ferrari things they need to uh keep improving that car for next year I think yeah, they're definitely set up more for a one-lap kind of quality set up more so the race. It was 51 degrees on track before the race started. That is hot. Like, I can imagine how those tires are feeling. Obviously, degradation was talked about throughout the race, people managing tires and trying not to fall off from them for the 24 laps. Moving on to Mercedes, who had, I think, probably one of the biggest struggles with the tires. They looked like they were driving on ice today. They were just sliding around a few times and under oversteering a few times in a few kind of clips. Lewis was in a lot of battles. George, slightly less than Lewis. But overall, they thought like they were going to do quite well this weekend. They were some of the hopefuls. They obviously won last year as well. Jared, like... Some of Merck's performance today because I was expecting a lot. I'm not sure if I'm not the only one thinking that. I think you're not wrong in saying that a lot of us were expecting a lot. And given that you look at Mercedes' record in Brazil the last two seasons, they've won both the Grand Prix and the sprint as well. Lewis Hamilton hasn't won a, a sprint in Brazil, but his teammates at the time have. But he's been successful around here before, honorary citizen. If we're talking about a race that he would be in with a sniff to win this year, we're all looking at Brazil as being that. And there was nothing encouraging from today that you could be like, oh, they'll be able to pick it up tomorrow and do it. Not that you can change the car either because it's stuck in Park Ferme. And one wonders if it's still a bit of fear from Texas when they got disqualified in the race for their plank. And it was obviously a sprint weekend as well. And they might have just run their car so low that it got worn down by the time you put the sprint laps on top of the Grand Prix lap. Yeah, they might have struggled with their balance today a little bit more. And then as a result, the tyres not working for them too. And yeah, considering they looked so strong early in the sprint, they were ahead and it looked like Mercedes 2-3 potentially. It, it fell apart real quickly. Russell was able to salvage fourth and was on his own there with Leclerc behind. But Hamilton not being able to really put up a defense against Sunoda and Alpha Tauri was a bit shocking. It's a bit of head-scratching for them to do overnight. They should still be quicker than Aston Martin. I agree with Aaron that McLaren are probably going to be quicker than them in the Grand Prix. So it'll be a fascinating little battle. But yeah, with the Constructors' Championship and Ferrari not too far behind them, yeah, they're just going to have to get every point that they can in these last three races coming up. Yeah, as mentioned, the constructors' battle is ramping up in different parts of the standings. And 
I put it as bold for Lewis to get a podium. He could still potentially tomorrow if it's all set up well, so maybe fingers crossed. But finally, the team that pretty much we talk about last almost every single episode, it is Red Bull. However, Paris has had his best finish in the top three since Monza. Is this the return of Paris? Like, even himself being called the tire manager was struggling post-interview, whereas Max seemed fine throughout the race. And actually, once on the radio mentioned about his tires pushing off or going the high or whatever it was on the radio with JP, he was just gone. Do you think Paris is back? And what can we look forward to tomorrow? Will it be another Red Bull win? Yes, Red Bull will win the race tomorrow with Max Verstappen. He'll finish a week ahead of everybody else. Sorry. <laughs> that sounds really doom and gloom, doesn't it? But this is Brazil. Anything can happen. I did give it the big sell earlier this week on the preview shows. Yeah, a well-timed safety car on this whole race can be turned upside down. Sadly, though, the, the performance of the Red Bull is just so superior to everything else. I think they'll have this race sewn up any which way you want. As for Perez, no, he's not back because he didn't get his qualifying sorted yesterday. So he's got to come from 10th on the grid. That said, I would not be surprised to see him on the podium. I think he's going to have a little bit of a task to get through. There's going to be quite a few drivers who are going to want to stop him coming past them. And yeah, we've seen Sergio look like he's found his mojo again and then it just disappears. Turn one in Mexico. He was momentarily in the lead of his home Grand Prix and then it all went wrong. Yeah, I'm not going to count my uh, chickens just yet on Sergio Perez being back on form. I need a little bit more hard evidence, but I, th- I suppose that will come in the early races of 2024 when we know actually what everybody else has done with their new car. Are Mercedes truly back? Have McLaren taken another step? Can Ferrari set up their car to run more than one lap? Um, what are Aston Martin going to do? Who knows? No, let's not talk about Alpine. Let's not put them in that conversation. <laughs> for, for Red Bull, today was obviously the perfect situation. They got the lead and Max Verstappen disappeared. And Sergio Perez, he finished ahead of Lewis Hamilton. So he's gained a few points in that battle for second place. And they can tell us until they're blue in the face that it's not about whether Checo finishes second in the championship. It absolutely is. If he gets beaten by somebody in a in such an inferior car with the car that he has, questions need to be asked. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want to see anyone booted out of a seat. I don't think it's fair because we wouldn't get people petitioning for us to lose our jobs just because they're looking at from the outside looking in. But I think on a performance level... Checo hasn't reached the heights that he needed to regularly enough this season. He's really struggled, especially the second half of the year. So securing that second place is really important for him and his future. And I think it would do him the world of good to have a good good end to the season. And like you say, return to the best form that we know that Checo can bring. Had it not been Lewis's disqualification, I think Lewis actually would have been ahead of Checo coming into the sprint as well. If it's one team that likes to boot other drivers, it is Red Bull. So anything could definitely happen. That is all the 10 constructors. We have obviously mentioned about tomorrow's race, which is the future race where all the points are coming into play. I want to give Aaron, you originally did your predictions with me on the preview show, but with Gerard as well, I want to get both of y'all's podium predictions. Obviously, we know who has pole straight off the back again, it's Max, but... What is your podium? 
who do you think will get fastest lap? I'll throw that one in instead of pull. And what is your bold? Aaron, are you going to change from what you said on the preview show? I can't actually remember why I went with on the previous show. <laughs> it was Monday. I've had a busy week at work. It's now Saturday night. <laughs> and when you get to a certain age, you start to forget everything. So looking at the grid for tomorrow, you can't look past a Red Bull win with Verstappen. Do Ferrari have the pace to stay on the podium? I don't know. I thought the Aston Martin pace was actually really encouraging today. And I've seen some things on social media that suggests they've got the fastest car down the straights. Obviously, they'll have had DRS basically the entire race today. <laughs> so take make of that what you will. So I'm going to go Verstappen. And as much as it pains me, I'm going to say it's with gritted teeth. Alonso, second. And then Lando Norris is going to come through and scoop a podium for McLaren. I'm going to... I would be... If, if Mercedes have a car in the top five, I think they're doing very well considering what we saw today. They are in a lot of trouble. I've actually seen Bradley Philpot, who's a another podcaster, driver coach, suggest that Mercedes are starting the pit lane so they can start taking the garage down and decamp for Las Vegas, which might be a better use of their time <laughs> considering how today went. Fastest lap, Mantis Verstappen. And a bold prediction uh, is that Bold prediction is that Charles Leclerc leads across the line at the end of the first lap. Okay, so doing a reverse of what Max did with Norris today in the sprint. Yeah, but when DRS is active, he'll quickly lose it. So normal service will be resumed. <laughs> Fair enough. Jared, what's your predictions? Yeah, I feel a bit boring saying Max Verstappen will win the race and inevitably get fastest lap as well because he's not going to go to bed at night knowing that he didn't get every single point available because that's just max but then yeah for the podium if you like we'll have lando norris rise up and take p2 his drive last week in mexico was outstanding and from sixth i'm sure if he was able to he would win the race but would got verstappen in a red bull and then we're gonna go charlotte Leclerc in the ferrari for third because yeah i'm with aaron that mercedes might be in a little bit of trouble but yeah, they might as well start from the pit lane. And for my bold prediction, this might make this might please you, Aaron, that I think neither Aston Martin's going to finish, which includes Alonso. I remember last year, I think it was the Astons when Vettel and Stroll were getting a bit too close to each other on the track. So I feel there's going to be some kind of chaos between those two, and neither of them are going to finish the race. As Definitely bold. <laughs> the difference of both of y'all and what's happening. Yeah, sounds great. I'm looking forward to tomorrow's race. And that is the episode for looking at the sprint. I got to thank both of these guys joining me today for my first Good Talk episode. Thank you, Jared and Aaron. Where can we find you? Let's again mention this well, Aaron, you are part of AHGP. Where can we find you on social media? So you can find my stuff on YouTube. It's an F1 manager channel. So I'm actually doing better than Mercedes in real life. Spoiler. So this car actually uses its tires properly. Yes, yeah, so you can find it on YouTube. I'm taking Mercedes back to the top on F1 manager. I've got a, I've got Twitter, X, whatever Elon Musk wants to call it tomorrow. That's Aaron Harper Grand Prix or GP, something there. Around TikTok, all the places. See so yeah, it. I'd play F1 manager basically. Guys, I still need to get onto it. I still don't have it yet. 
but definitely in my wish list for Christmas. Jared, where can we find you? Hit the apex. Yeah, so you can find the show itself on all the good podcast platforms, and there is an account on X, formerly known as Twitter as well, at Hit the Apex Media. And yeah, there's links to various other things that I'm involved with as well, such as my articles on the Raw and live blogs and stuff. Yeah, and massive shout out to you, Sophia. Well done for your first hosting gig as well and keeping us all in check. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's very different from Formula Talk. And speaking of Formula Talk, you can catch me and Tom Downey co-hosting We pretty much cover everything that is non-F1 related. So our next episode is previewing the 70th anniversary of the Macau Grand Prix, which is taking place in a few weeks' time with a few F2 and F3 drivers. As mentioned, Formula Talk is part of Grid Talk, uh, pretty much a sister show. So you can find Grid Talk anywhere, pretty much on YouTube, where most episodes are recorded live, as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal Ad Pocket Cast, just search Formula One Good Talk to find our back catalog of shows with previews and reactions to qualifying, sprints, and race results. Please consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment. And also make sure you are subscribed so you're the first to know when each new weekly episode is released. If you're watching us live on YouTube, we will be doing a post show, so pretty much stay tuned where we'll be looking at your comments. And we'll be back soon with plenty more F1 content. Tomorrow, we will be reviewing the Brazilian Grand Prix. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you guys for joining me as always. And Grid Talk is presented by Bet Online. Goodbye.